right. Let's get started. So we're all live, right? We're recording. Everything's up and running. Yes. Okay. So this is going to be the official start. Welcome to Swim Out of the Box. Episode 3, will we will be focusing on rotation. Last okay, time we left down, out... Calm it down, calm it down, <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. Calm it down. Because at least in these headphones, you were just yelling at everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I can fix that and post-op. Okay, sure. So, let's review... Episode number three is on rotation, yes. And what have we already covered? We have already covered in episode one, body position. Episode two was kicking. So today, episode three is on rotation. Cool. That better. Okay. Um, so we're joined by Dan. What's up? You could wave to the camera. <laughs> I'll wave to my microphone. You're on camera. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Dan's going to help talk about rotation. I'm going to take these off. Oh, you don't like it? Um, it's really... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm choking on almond. It's really loud from you. So, it's all good. It's fine. We'll see how it comes out at the end. And if not... It's eh. natural. Whatever. Um, so, rotation. We're talking, again, specifically about rotation in freestyle, just so that we are clear, right? So, the last two episodes were body posture for freestyle and kicking for freestyle. Um, I think even though we're talking about this in segments, right, it's really important to recognize that they all work together. Um, here is a really great example. Actually, this morning, my last client before I came here had done lessons with another instructor about, I don't know, a year ago, maybe even a year and a half ago. And all they worked on was rotation for for her five lessons that she did. Okay. But because for her, the rotation was just isolated and told her like basically to think about rotating, she couldn't do it. So this morning... All I had her think about was what her arms were doing. And what her arms were doing helped her rotation. And what her arms were doing helped her posture. All right? So her kick got better because her posture and her rotation got better. It's kind of remarkable that me teaching her how to use her arms properly helped all those things fall in place. Right? So it's really important to realize uh, you don't just go, oh, I'm going to focus on my posture. All right? You have to focus on it and isolate that thought for a while, but at some point you have to start kind of making connection. And go well. How do these all things, all these things, fit together? All right. So let's back up just a little bit. Is that a lot? It, it's a little <laughs> bit much for the begin with. So let's let's start with the origin of the rotation. Okay. Where does where should rotation in freestyle originate? I don't know if it's one origin story or multiple origin stories. Okay. Okay. So for different people, it could be things, but let's say... No, 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 not even for different people, for everybody. Right? Okay. So it's not like some people will force their rotation because they'll use their legs too much. Okay. Some people will throw their elbows behind them 
to force their rotation, right? Well, it's a little bit of legs, a little bit of arms, and it's a little bit of core as well. That's what I'm saying. It's not one spot that's okay. coming from. Fair enough. So let's narrow this down a bit for the listeners. So if I was to initiate rotation, would I want to think more about my core or my hips leading it? I think it's a case-by-case basis, honestly. Yeah, I think it's a case-by-case basis, honestly, because, I mean, I think that's the way that everything we do, though, is, like, um, I've had someone where, with their rotation, I actually did have to start with their kick because their kick was so terrible, and basically some people's problems is that they're basically throwing their leg forward as a counterbalance, and that's how they're rotating. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to see the person and how their stroke started before you can really make an accurate like assessment as to, as to what you need to correct to be able to rotate efficiently and getting control of it because you know maybe someone's arms are out of sync but maybe their legs are also out of sync so it's like where do you really start i always try to start at the legs because if you're kicking too big it's going to be impossible for you to you know be able to rotate efficiently yeah but I mean, I that's that. that's a really hard question, just because yeah. everybody is different. Um, I think part of it is is recognizing when somebody's a little bit more lower half dominant versus upper body dominant, right? Like the lady that I was talking about today, she was clearly using her upper body to help her swim, which okay, is what we so, want, right? So let's. I'm I like where you said. Second. Either it, it depends on either if you're lower body dominant or upper body dominant. What would be something that people could cue in on if to distinguish if they're upper body or lower body dominant? Um, if they have a sensation that like their kick is doing a lot of the work, is it your, your kick that's doing a lot of your work to move you forward, or is it your arms? Right. We we'll, we we talked about this a little bit maybe, but uh, around eighty percent of your forward propulsion should be from your arms, right? But that doesn't mean it's natural for everyone to just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you feel like you're doing a lot of kick or if you feel like in order to speed up, you have to kick more, you might be a lower dominant person. And that, in that case, I would want someone to focus on what their legs are doing to help their rotation. Okay. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think we should take a half step back. Okay. Okay. So. And then distinguish what is good rotation. I think it's important to realize why we need to rotate. Okay. Fair enough. Right. So we'll shelve this and come back oh, to yeah. it. Don't worry. It'll it'll be your job to bring this back to it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. All right. So we need to rotate because the rotation of freestyle allows mobility in your shoulders to take a proper recovery, right? Mm-hmm. A proper breath, right? So you know you're on camera, right? So you can just say it. You don't have I to know, mime it. I know. I know. <laughs> Just for the listeners. <laughs> so um, we want rotation to help with mobility through our shoulders. We want rotation to help us with mobility through our neck to take a proper breath. We want rotation to help us with an extension of our arm. So once it's in the water, you have to be slightly rotated. So for instance, if I want my right arm to be extended forward, my right hip has to be down. I get a little bit more extension that way, right? So if I want to set my anchor point, my catch, as far as I can, 
my right hip and that right arm would have to be down, right? So that rotation gives me extension. It gives me mobility. So rotation is really important for mobility, really important for breathing. Um, so my preference for rotation, amount of rotation, is 45 degrees or less. Do you have anything to, to add to that? No, I mean, I think, like, as far as conceptualizing, like, what we're saying, like, if you're listening, a good test I like to show people as far as how imperative your hips are to not only swimming, but literally, like, your whole life, is if you were to stand <laughs> up and you try to look behind you, your neck's not going to turn 180 degrees. What's the first thing that your body has to do? You literally have to turn your hips to make sure that your head can get to that position, which in swimming, right, you're not going to be able to get a good breath without being able to actually rotate those hips to help you get there, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, um, you know, I just, I don't need to rotate because my arms and my shoulders are doing all the work. Like, yeah, but then maybe some people come to us and go, oh, I'm having trouble breathing. Well, maybe you're having trouble breathing because you can't get your face out of the water because you haven't turned your hip you haven't turned your hip at all yeah so yeah so i mean i when i was growing up i never got a good answer from any of my coaches of why i need to rotate and they told me oh you rotate because that's what's going to give you power and i didn't understand that comment i never i still don't necessarily 100 percent understand that comment i mean it makes sense to me now but because in my mind, having your arms and your hips synced up gives you power, not just rotation. So right. th- that's why my mind works. Right? It's like, oh, oh rotating right. gives you power. Well, no, that's not true. If I just rotated, I wouldn't move forward. Well, right. Okay, it's not a turbine, enough. right? It's, not, it's the combination. Right. You need both. But I think exactly. that's like what a lot of like coaches have a tendency to kind of glaze over. Like that's I think what makes the difference between a good and a bad coach sometimes is because Talk louder. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I think a good and a bad coach like sometimes a bad coach will just kind of be like, all right, we'll do this, but they'll never answer the why. Um, and I think like good coaches are gonna break it down and say, oh well. The reason we want you to try and rotate your hip more is to get more power out of it. But that's something that you know. A lot of people don't understand, and they just go, "Oh, they just told me to do this, so I'm just going to write it off because they didn't really, you know, explain the importance of it or anything like that." Okay, so I'm going back to this still. I'm not done yet. So I said 45 degrees is Before the... You get, I was about to cycle back. So 45 degrees or less, but what is the minimum? 35. 35 degrees. Okay. I know it's not a huge margin of error, but when it comes to your hips, it's actually a lot of wiggle room there. What 90 no degrees would be your hips are facing the wall of the pool. Right, and I was going to say 45 is the minimum that you need for mobility. Okay? Okay. Well, I guess that statement's not true. But we'll say this. At 45 degrees of rotation, you will have enough mobility in your shoulders and your neck to perform the tasks that everything is supposed to do. At 90 degrees rotation which is a very popular amount of rotation for some athletes. I think that's where people doing catch-up drill, stroke, like they'll go all the way to 90 degrees to right. try and lengthen it out. Right. And there's something to be said about learning, right? It, it's okay if I'm learning how to rotate to exaggerate, right? Big movement's easy to learn. 
but it's a learning phase and you can't and should not stay there but if you, so if you over rotate to 90 degrees you're asking for a lot more requirements of balance your balance becomes a lot more difficult at 90 degrees there is no benefits to being sideways i i don't understand how this myth has occurred but somehow some way some swim coach told somebody that if you're on your side you're more like a fish and more hydrodynamic well, it's just I mean, not true. I, it's not true because you're not getting the same pool out of it. But if you do think about it, if you look at them sideways, right? Oh, no, it's the exact no. same. You're if right. If you look at them sideways <laughs> or this way, it doesn't matter. Right. They're still equally hydrodynamic. Exactly. So it's a silly, very silly thought to think, well, I turn all the way sideways. I'm more hydrodynamic. More realistically, you turn all the way 90 degrees, you will become less hydrodynamic because you will lose your balance and your posture. And that's when chest start sticking out and legs start flaring out, arms start sweeping across their bodies or wide, or I've even seen people use their heads to try to help them balance, where they stick their head to one side of their body. I've seen it, right? So over-rotating can be a good way to learn sort of movement in general, but it at some point has to be reduced down. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we want to make sure we don't over-rotate as well. Um, going back to what we were talking about, arms or legs or core, I think it's all three, um, your lat attaches to your pelvis, right? Am I correct with that? Pretty sure you are. You want to Google it? I, I do want to make sure... I, I Google it. You can use your phone if you want. I'm I'm positive of it. I'm I'm pretty sure too, but I just want to make sure. So if your lat connects to your pelvis, if you contract your lat, it will automatically give your hip some rotation. Does that make sense? It'll give it rotation, or give it more strength slash stability to accomplish a rotation. It will start to pull it. Actually, it will like start. If I contract my lat, it'll actually pull my hips slightly up, which depending on which lat I'm contracting, just okay. a little bit. It does give it some so it just rigidity starts to sure. initialize the, right. the movement. Right. So no, it doesn't insert to the pelvis. What does it insert to then? It inserts to watch to the spine. Which vertebrae? Uh, most of the thoracic, uh, most of the lumbar. thoracic and lumbar. Well, yeah, I'm I'm more concerned about the lumbar. Which vertebrae on the lumbar? Do you know? Just, just oh, for okay, me. Hold hold so <laughs> anyone listening is probably it's the other thing is it's the it's the origin. It's not the insertion. The insertion is up here. That's what right. why is it pulling down? The origin includes there's a lot of here. Uh, spine T seven spinous process of the super. Ligaments, all th lower thoracic lumbar, sacral vertebrae, lumbar fascia, posterior and sacral, crest. Sacral vertebrae is is the key. So okay. that where it connects to the sacral vertebrae is basically your pelvis. Ribs. I mean, basically, okay, it's not fine. exactly your pelvis, but it's basically it's your sacrum. So okay. right. Not to be, you don't need to be too technical, but not too technical, guys. <laughs> Just ignore the last uh, two minutes. Like, yeah, two minutes. Um, so, my client this morning, who I was working with, asked, "Well, which one, which one comes first? Do I do I pull first or do I rotate first? It's at the same time. Yeah, that's why it's hard. 
because you have to have those two things working together. And then, oh, make sure you don't use your leg as a counterbalance and stick it in front of you, right? So what happens is people will kind of like push forward against the water so that their pelvis comes up. It's leverage. Yeah, we're making this way too complex. I mean, I this is great. If we really, like, for a later episode, we really want to go into the muscular dynamics well, of how this thing... Well, I think the kick out as a counterbalance is actually, like, something that is very common that we see. So common. Oh, yeah. That's important. That, that's yeah, like I mean, if we want to mix the, like, musculoskeletal relationship that's causing that, okay. But With the bi- biomechanical yeah. reasoning. But I think there's an important relationship between the effects of when people have their leg kicking out that causes them to have a poorly constructed rotation, I guess we'll say. The basis is based on momentum and counterbalance rather than any sort of control. Okay. Which then ends up having, like, you know other effects like if you see people breathing and then keeping one arm out as a crutch because we're behind them or behind them because why is their arm behind them it's to counterbalance the already created counterbalance of your leg so right it gets complicated uh that's kind of why we have jobs so (laughs) (laughs) um i think i need you to write down the time for this because i'm gonna put a video in okay uh, and I've been writing primal, towns. Primal roll. Okay. The primal roar. R- roll. Of what? <laughs> oh, that's not nearly as cool. So <laughs> I like to people show people on land how to do a primal roll. You know what that is, right? Actually, they don't. Okay, well, I'll show you later. That's good. Uh, basically, you're laying on your stomach, hands extended overhead, so your arms are straight, and you basically pick up one leg over the other and let the weight of that leg roll you over. Isn't that just like a log roll? It's called a primal roll in the strength and conditioning world. So that's what I call it because okay, I, well. I don't want to get signals crossed. Um, but that's important to practice because then that person can learn that the weight of their leg moving back helps them rotate, not the pressure of their kick pushing forward. So okay. I'll add the video so people can see it. <laughs> Perfect. All <laughs> right. right. It's this hard thing to kind of paint with words. Yes. It is. 100%. Right. This is why we do things in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, be, that would be a thing. All right. So, getting back on track here. I got it. You ready? Okay. Here we go. <laughs> let see where this goes. Some things to correct to keep in mind okay things to keep in mind there we go all right you want to make a list for me i i am already ahead of you i got one thing on that rep that list already okay over rotation well this is how we make sure we're rotating correctly okay don't let your arms pull behind you so if your arms are traveling behind the midline of the body meaning like the side of their body okay all right they're using their arm as almost like a counterweight to move their hip and more realistically what will happen is people will rotate so far through their shoulders that their hips will then just keep up and we don't want independence like that we want our whole shoulders and our hips to be rotating together so if you take your arm out of the water to recover and it your elbow is behind you you're gonna sort of force bad rotation which is where the feathering out comes out and it comes to the part of it. 
exactly right, all right? Same thing goes for taking a breath. If you go to turn your head to take a breath and you need to turn your head to the ceiling in order to breathe, it's because you haven't rotated first. You're turning your head and you're letting your head determine your rotation for you. Okay. Hips are the driving force, not your head. Got it? Right. Good. Hips are the driving force. Yes. I think another good way to like <laughs> show that you're not pulling your arm back too far or that your shoulders are beating your hip is kind of what I learned a long time ago, I think from you even, was from like kind of that line between your sternum and your belly button staying straight. Because if your sternum starts to break that line, that means that you've lost that core stability. So whether you want to think about it as your arm pulling back too far or yeah. if you're easily, if you can view your sternum and your belly button line <laughs> easier than that, um, it's going to kind of accomplish like the same task. I like so it. So draw a line between your sternum and belly button. And that, yeah. And Connect the when dots. you're swimming, you should always be able to make a straight line. I mean, yeah, it should basically be if you put a metal rod between your sternum and your belly button, that metal rod should stay completely straight while you're swimming. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so then there's the wide kick, all right, or the splayed kick, mm -hmm. right, forcing your legs forward too far to press against the water to rotate your hips. Um, so obviously that's going to cause a lot of drag. You're sticking your leg out in front of you like that. It's going to cause a lot of drag. So that's why we want to, um, to minimize that. Yes, it's a way that people have found to rotate. Unfortunately, it also comes with a lot of drag. So my suggestion would be, can you put a pull buoy in, not kick at all, and still rotate? Okay. You should be able to. And if you have a hard time with it, then you know you overuse your legs to help you with your rotation. If you have a hard time controlling your kick when you put a pull buoy in, put it between your knees or your calves. Then you can't kick at all. Make sure you have good posture. See if you can rotate. You should be able to still. Yep. Um, so any other like... We need one more here. Movement things that happen that cause people to rotate kind of funky. Uh, yeah, I, when you're saying splaying, you're saying like horizontally. Horizontally or laterally, it's still a splay. So what I get people to do is I'll have them hold like a small kickboard so they can still feel their legs sliding back and forth because I feel like the pull buoy sometimes will kind of inhibit the kick so much that they literally, it's not about like, I'm like, okay, we've done great kicking, you know how to rotate, how do I put it all together without making sure it just goes out the window? I use so you're kind saying of when really, they're swimming, right? Because yeah. I'm telling them to pull, get rid of their legs to feel the rotation well even yeah first. so even if you're doing so this if, could be a progression yeah yeah, yeah i guess this would be like kind like. of a progression um i had one guy he so we used a really really small like really small children's kickboard between his legs and you don't need a lot of like thigh strength to hold it there but it just keeps those legs together and you can keep it small because if you go too big you're not gonna be able to hold the kickboard if you hold if your legs watch the sides you're not gonna be able to hold the kickboard so he decided that he did, was not going to buy a kickboard and he was going to use a, a cutting board from his kitchen. So he went to the pool Kickboards with a cutting float, board. No, he, but he managed <laughs> to like hold a cutting board between his thighs and do the same drill. But I think it's a good progression as far as using kind of the right. pull buoy rotation and then 
still making sure you're kicking correctly. Right. We talked about this last podcast with the kicking. Right. How yeah. I like to add a little bit of something between someone's like a kickboard or a pull buoy as they start kicking to force them to keep their kick small. So it's a perfect progression. Do it without kick first. Make sure you can actually rotate without kicking. And then see if you can add just a little bit of kick and still keep good posture while you rotate. Because so I would say the other thing people like to do a lot of um, to help compensate for inability to rotate, or it's really balance, is they stick their chest out and their their back kind of like, oh, goes, goes the opposite way. So now... They've created this U shape that's very hard to tip over, right? Does that yeah. make sense? So it's a weird thing that we, as people, feel like we're going to fall over while we swim. There's nowhere to fall to. You yeah. float. So, or but, sink. But you always, like, there's this, like, have you ever done, like, a, a one-inch fall? Have you ever had that sensation? Yes. All right? It's like a, your brain doesn't know you're only an inch off the ground. So when you feel like you're falling for that, like, half a second... Like, oh my god, I'm gonna die! Oh wait, no, I won't. That's how I kind of like talk about the rotation. If if you feel like you're off balance, you're gonna do something drastic to make sure you catch yourself. So it might be stick my chest. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna fall. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. all right. So making sure you're not gonna fall, <laughs> even though you feel like you're going to, it's not gonna happen. Keep the rotation of 45 degrees. That sensation will happen less. But I think also a problem that I think I've run into as far as like anterior, like, oh, where does the rotation come from? Are you legs? Are you core? Are you arms-based rotation? Um, a lot of people that I've seen that go into, you call it a U-shape, I call it banana shape, whatever you want to call it. Bananas. Yeah. It's all people that like are very athletic, but then they realize that they don't have as strong of a core as they thought they did, and so they end up recruiting their lower back muscles to try yep. and help keep their balance, which then leads to, um, unfortunately, one of my guys who this happens to a lot has a herniated disc now. Um, so That's not he's going to have to go through some recovery now, but at the same time, I think he's, but he's always been like, oh, my lower back's so tight from biking from this. It's because I don't think he's recruiting his core muscles. And I think that's, Sounds a, like it. that's a big mistake that I think a lot of people make is, oh, you know, like I'm skinny. I'm, you know, I'm skinny. I look, <laughs> I look athletic. Well, like looking athletic, looking muscular, it's not just about kind of, oh, look, I can see is your it, abs. I, I would almost say that it has more to do with the biomechanicals. So in regular sports, Regular when the, sports. Yeah, regular <laughs> not, sports because most of them don't occur take on place water? on a liquid. It don't take place in, in a in liquid, liquid medium. Yes. 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 So here's the thing with regular sports, and I, I remember reading this in an article done by someone who's looking at core and swimmers, and uh, we actually, I actually found that. So we'll get to that, but. What he says is that the core muscles usually have some sort of like index to pull from. So like if your leg is planted on the ground, you can pull towards your leg because you have resistance there. Mm -hmm. In a liquid medium, you have your leg and your arm, but they're not anchored at any point. They're moving through. Exactly. (laughs) But that's the thing is it doesn't have a relative place to pull from to get that strength. So it's a little bit, it's really difficult for people who come from a land-based, you know, activities to a liquid to suddenly need to use their core in a different way. And this gets into the (laughs) second portion where I know, Dominic, when you were working in your lessons, you use both the leg and the arm. The more resistance that you feel from that, the more your core is going to activate. And that makes sense because you're giving your 
add your your core muscles some place to pull from, right. some extra resistance to get that reactive. Right. Your core wants to react. Right. Exactly. So, um, I mean, that goes back to our very first podcast about not forcing core tension, right. letting it react, setting it up so that it can react. Um, so it's not core strength necessarily. It's it's sequencing. Like, is the core going to sequence properly or are you just going to use your lower back? Yeah, basically. Which is also your core. Right? It is. I, I yes. consider anything from your the top of your neck down to be your core. <laughs> Yeah, to so your pecs, hips. your pecs are core muscles, apparently. Yes. Okay. Absolutely, they are. <laughs> Absolutely, are they a part of your thorax? Yes. Thorax? What are we insects? This is your thorax, and you use all of your thorax. I use most of my thorax muscles to breathe. So do you. Thoractic. Thoractic muscles. Thank thorax. you. Thorax. <laughs> yes, but it is a thorax. Um, so, dry land stuff for rotation. Do you have anything? For rotation. Hmm. So I like to do, start with a basic plank on hands, not elbows. Oh, yeah, and then using a stability ball underneath your legs and then rotating your core. Uh, yeah, you can do it without down. a stability ball to start because that makes it a lot more difficult. I mean, okay, So you can go into like a, a side plank, hand pointing up to the ceiling. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I do, but then you're doing that whole thing where... The whole body turns instead of just a portion of it. I want the whole body to turn. Okay, fair enough. Right? I want people to be able to go from a plank position and then take that. The thing is, I feel like I could cheat. I, I wouldn't oh, even use very... my core muscles. I would just you use can. legs and arms. I wouldn't even use my core muscles. So going from the plank to the side plank, you should feel a transition from basically like a general core stability to the side of your core stabilizing. Okay. All right, so you should start to feel that change. And then you could do it on a stability ball like See, you just said. Personally, I would rather do wood choppers. So either with a band or a cable, you start up high and pull down yep. towards your hip down here, arms straight all the way down, and really making sure your hips aren't moving too much and letting your core, actual core muscles do the work Yep. rather than using your hips and your legs to just drive it for, through. Right. So it really isolates it, and that's going to be the kind of thing that really isolates. That'll isolate. help strengthen the Beats. muscles. I don't, it doesn't reinforce the movement, though. Fair. That's all, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's, it's land, so we don't need to try to recreate what you would do in the water necessarily 100%. Well, but it's, I would it's think like it would a, be... two different approaches. One is to say, let's get those muscles strong. The other is, can those muscles be recruited? I, personally, I wouldn't even say it's for strength. I would say it's for the neural adaptations, the, the pathways, the neural pathways for them to start firing at a better and consistent rate, yeah. which takes some time to develop. Yep. And you'll see that with um, when you first start going to the gym, the first immediate gains that you're going to see in like your weight extra resistance training is in fact related to neural pathways and your motor units firing better and recruiting more of your muscles rather than oh i've gained more muscular strength yeah or not muscular I know what you mean. more muscular size you know yeah girth 
girth. <laughs> muscular girth. Yeah, for some of my people that I know that like to recruit their back muscles, I like to try and do some exercises that literally will just have them laying on their back but flattening their back out because they have no idea what those those ab muscles are part of the reason that they're recruiting their lower back muscles because it's not just like, you know... Dead bugs would be good for that. Yeah, I like, mean, pelvic tilts, uh, pelvic uh, tucks, that's one of the words. Well, literally, yeah. yeah, literally just laying on your back and trying to lay your back flat that's like the simplest thing and there's a lot of people that can't even do that yeah because those muscles are never truly worked by you know doing classic it's, crunches or you know all those or other of, muscles are just being overused yeah and so then those muscles can't well right you're not using probably. you're using your rectus abdominis more than your transverse abdominis right or vice versa you never know i don't know yeah no one's gonna know Right. So. Well, I mean, there's ways to figure it out, but that's yeah. beyond the point. Yes, it is. Um, so my big thing is making sure if you do something uh, on land with intention to change something in the water, when you know you're doing the exercise correctly, you need to start almost visualizing that you're uh, in the water doing it. All right? There's something to be said for pretending and letting your brain kind of go, okay, this is what it's going to be like when I swim kind of. I'm going to make sure I rotate. My whole body's going to stay uh, one piece when I rotate. Like right? Going back to my plank example. Okay. Right? Or I'm going to make sure my sternum and my belly button stay in line as I bring my arm up towards the ceiling from my plank position. Right? So can you start to visualize yourself doing the swim actions while feeling these sensations? Because... First of all, your brain is crazy powerful when it comes to these types of things. That's why visualization helps. And if you can start to visualize yourself in the water while you do it, it will make more sense to you once you're in the water. But if you just go to the gym with the intention of, oh, I'm going to get these these wood choppers done and put no thought into how it actually helps your swimming or how you might feel it in the water, you're, you're going to miss connections, basically. Opportunities of connections. Makes okay, sense? fair enough. Kind yeah. of? Is that too woo-woo-y for you? Do you not believe yeah, in nah, visualization? I for me, Evan? it's like... Uh, you know there's been research that shows if you visualize oh, yourself yeah, running, I mean, you actually obviously, recruit those I, muscles, those neural pathways for those muscles. I, I mean, yeah, there was this research study that if you think about going to the gym, suddenly your metabolic rate increases a little bit. Think about it right now. Done for the day. Not going to the gym. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that trying to recreate exercises that that would yeah. simulate mm-hmm. a liquid medium. It's impossible. It, yeah, it's just really difficult. Yeah. I mean, unless you're doing stuff like they have in the space station where you're doing suspended treadmill, you're suspended, and the treadmill's on the wall, and you're doing it that way. I mean, So maybe we need to start sending swimmers into space, um, which is going to be the next Swimbox uh, expansion. Swimbox <laughs> and NASA <laughs> partnership. Um, SpaceX partnership, <laughs> but I mean that would be, be with that would be the thing that you would need to do is suspend the yeah the swimmer in air using bands and then resist and then change the resistances of the bands depending on what muscles you want. Well, to I don't think it's about pool. like all these exercises aren't about like literally completely recreating your swimming on dry land. It's like how can we best try and do it's this. Well, like right. echoing. It's like yeah, an that's echo the thing, of, what, but of the movement. To do that, you need to stimulate the muscles that are going to be used, and you're not right. going to find the best, like, 
transition right. exercise where this exactly is the movement that you're going to feel when you're swimming. You're just not going to do it. Because I've, I've tried doing, like, so, I've tried, like, investigating, like, doing this with, like, a cable. It doesn't work nearly as well because you're standing up and doing You would have to be yeah. horizontal and doing yeah, it. It's not the same. It, it's, it's, you could. I mean, you can hinge at but the hip then, and go down and do that. Hip, exactly. Right? Well, that's, that's different than swimming. Right. So... It's, so I'm sure there's ways to do it creatively, yeah. but in general, that's going to be really hard to like and make I, very specific. I, yeah, exercises. I think it's important to just note: do the exercises to gain some insight. You're not doing yeah. the exercises right to to make your swimming better, right? And and I, it I will just, a little bit, but it's not going to be like, oh, I didn't need to go to the pool today. I did my dry land, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say it's used to. Figure out the pathways is what I would use dry land. Maybe some, you know, strength gains, power gains specifically. I would want them to focus on power and endurance rather than pure strength. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find that if one of my clients is demonstrating a sway back or lardosis mm-hmm. uh, out of the water, well, that's going to be their default in the water. So you can almost guarantee from the very beginning if that's if that's that person's natural posture, you're gonna have to correct that in a flat position first, and then you know you're gonna have to recorrect that when they start rotating. Yeah. Because as soon as they start rotating, they lose their balance. They're gonna revert right back to that bad posture. So um, it's it's a lot to think about, but it takes time. You have to start with good body posture right. first. Yeah. Followed by kicking. Primarily kicking first. Like I said, I gave you an outlier today who we worked on her arms first. Right, fair enough. But for the most part, it's kicking, getting your kick to a point where your kick is not in charge of your hips but are supporting your hips. Nobody, nobody, not nobody, no body part should have a primary role in rotation. Right. It's working in tandem with legs, hips, and arms. Right? Yep. So. Going over the five things. What are the five things? The five things that I have written down is don't let your arms come too far back. If your elbows are coming out of the water first, you let the arms come too far. So, by the way, since we're there, if somebody's feeling feeling like um, discomfort in the front of their shoulder, where their shoulder meets their thorax... Um, <laughs> you mean their glenohumeral joint here? Yes. Okay. All right. If uh, if you feel discomfort there while you swim, you might be pulling your arm back too far. It's not a guarantee. There's other things that could be going wrong, but that might be part of it. Okay. Second thing, don't if you if you've rotated and then having to turn your head more to the ceiling, you've over rotate or you under rotated. Under rotated to support your breath. Right. And you're letting your head turn. Do your the head. rest. Right. Yeah. Three, make sure there's a, a, a straight line between your belly button and your sternum throughout your entire rotation. Beautiful. Four, minimize the influence of your kick on rotation. So if you find that your kick is kicking out too far, you need to rein it in. I wouldn't necessarily say like minimizing the effects of it, but just like restructuring your kick so it has the right effect okay so which is what he was talking about find with the, the happy medium roll. with the primal roll like if your leg is pulling back your legs momentum is already pulling back the right way that you want to be rotating so it's not about okay maybe the less i kick the easier it'll be to rotate 
it's not about that. It's about kicking the right way. Got it. Okay. And five, keep your spine relatively straight. You don't want to have an over curve in no either direction. Spines, right? right. So listen to that list. A lot of it is very dependent on the first two topics we talked about. Of course. Very dependent yeah. on your posture, very dependent on your kick. Right. And make sure what I get to see a lot of is when people do rotate, they stop kicking sometimes too. Don't ever stop kicking don't stop believing (laughs) i'm gonna keep going (laughs) don't stop please all All right right. so anything else i'm sure we could talk about more things in nauseam but i feel like this is a good stopping point okay well we will wrap it up here for the third episode of swim out of the box next time we will be going over breathing everyone's favorite thing to talk about yeah <sighs> just like that yep. perfect <laughs> all right so we'll catch you guys later bye see ya